0: Happy Wednesday, everybody. Waiver Wire Wednesday. There's plenty of talent to go out and get, but in this time of the season, unless you have an injury, you probably have your roster already set. You're looking to get a backup just in case of an injury. Sometimes grabbing a waiver wire guy, as exciting as it may be, can backfire, such as my own team. Uh, I got Brian Hill was excited because, hey, the Falcons, Freeman, he was out, right? He's out last week. So I get Hill and he's playing Carolina, which I think was the 30th or or 28th. It was towards the bottom four. Worst run defense in football. So the Falcons with their defense, the way it played against the Saints. Hill, who last year, uh, one of the few games where he actually played with Freeman being out, ran for 100 yards on him last season. So you got to think, yeah, man, the matchup's great. Uh, I just traded Zeke, so I needed a running back. Barkley's on a bye. Oh, perfect, man. You're playing the, the, the guy who's going to get the carries. He had 15 carries, you know, so that's the right move there. Then you go, uh, he's playing a terrible defense, run defense. The Falcons get out to a big lead. Oh, you got it in the bag. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that's a 20-point performance. And he comes out with four points. Those are the kind of games where sometimes even when you make the right moves and you get excited about it, Austin Eckler goes off for 25 against the the Chiefs, and that's who I originally had before I traded Zeke. So had I not won the waiver wire, I would have scored even more points, and that's when it comes down to in the game, you get the guy you want and you get excited for it. Maybe it's good to just have him if you need the bench depth, but not a strategy where you want to go grab a guy unless you have no options at all. If you got other options, odds are you should probably stick with them because those other options are the reason you are in your position if you're a playoff contending team. If you're at the bottom of the barrel, then play any person you want. Do whatever you can to try to squeeze out a win and change someone's season and outcome. But yeah, so Waiver Wire, right now by the time you're listening to the show, it's already gone through. If you look at some of the top guys, if you needed a quarterback – Driscoll, he's playing Washington, who's in the lower half of the league, but still pretty solid. And we saw what Driscoll did against a good Cowboys defense. Fitzpatrick, he continues to keep the Dolphins from getting the first overall pick the way he keeps went doing decent enough, you know, not bad. I mean, look at his his numbers. Against Washington, I believe that's the game he came in, and he got 10. Since then, he's gone for 24 against a good Buffalo team, his X team Of course, half the league is his X team Um, So every game's a revenge game, it feels like, every other week for Fitzmagic. Against Pittsburgh, 14 points, and that was two touchdowns in the first half. And then the the Steelers took over the second half on the Monday night game. I think it was Monday night. Then you got against the Jets, 26, another revenge game. Then he takes on the Colts for 15. Then he takes on Buffalo, another revenge game. What did I tell you? Every other week's a revenge game with this guy. And he goes for 21. So this week he's... Go to be at Cleveland. He's a possible guy if you need a streamer. That is not an X matchup. Um, so, oh, this will be two weeks in a row Cleveland and then Philly, two teams he never quarterbacked for. So that'll be a first on the season. But Fitzmagic, he's a possible pickup if anyone needed it. Ryan Tannehill, he continues to impress. Some of these guys, I think most of our league is set at QB, and unless you have just a terrible matchup or you don't run two quarterbacks. Uh, Some don't. Some do just run one, but I think throughout the season, some, almost all of us have at least grabbed a second because we know what week we have a bye week or what guy we want to grab to play a potential. Like Jacob, as of now, he's got Jacoby Brissett for the Thursday night game. We know he's got Deshaun Watson. We'll see who he plays. He might not have made up his mind yet. Who can blame him? Uh, the Colts are a pretty solid team You gotta think I think his career against the Colts has been excellent uh, I, I want to guess This is off the top of my head Knowing how Deshaun Watson plays And it's in at home against the Colts Thursday night You gotta think he's gonna go out and shine But I thought he was gonna do that last week Even though it was a tougher Ravens defense And on the road But they had a bye week So if I had Deshaun Watson I would feel like uh, Jacob does Probably a little frustrated Like you know what man I'll rather take a guy who's probably going to go out and at least get me 20 than a guy who can go get me 40 or 6 or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, a lot of us, we already have guys set up. But, so that's why I'm curious who, who's actually going to pick up a quarterback. But if you look at Tannehill, I streamed him against Tampa Bay, and he got 21 when I needed a quarterback one week a few weeks ago, week 8. Uh, 32 against Carolina, 21 last week against the Chiefs. He's coming off a bye, and he'll be at home against Jacksonville. So, And we saw Jacksonville get uh, tore up, but defensively. Um, good. Some running backs are pretty solid. I mean, if you need a running back, the ESPN has it projected to this order. I don't know if it'll be in that order. Um, but Bo Scarborough, 9.5 points he's predicted to get against the Redskins defense. To be honest, uh, if I don't get him, I put a claim in for him. Uh, I think he was not my top choice, so if I don't get him, uh, uh, that means I did get my top choice. He was my second choice, or I can get none of my choices because I'm dead last in the waiver wire, so uh, if people are actually focusing and paying attention, I will not get uh, any running back that is within the tops. Like last week, Brian Hill kind of slid through. I thought I was very fortunate. Like I said, if you can get a running back who's going to get 15 carries, that's good. He just didn't do anything with it. He did get one touchdown that got called back. But Skirp, the reason I'm really hoping Bo Scarborough goes off for the Lions, they, you know, I hope he is because I have an autograph rookie card from him that I got in a pack with the Cowboys last year. And I remember when I got it, because you get like, I bought a box and you get one. I do this every few years, buy a box looking for guys. You know, I did get some Lamar Jacksons. Um, Baker – I got everyone. Saquon. The main thing is I wanted some Saquon Barkley and Lamar Jackson rookies. I did get some. I got a lot of cards I liked. But each one comes with, I think, two autographs per box. And I, you see – when you open a pack, you see Bo Scarborough and he's for the Cowboys. I'm like, this guy's got – as soon as I saw him, I don't know much about him in college. I'm like, this guy's got no shot with Ezekiel Elliott. And then he's on a new team, which made me happy because now his rookie card that's autographed can go from – two bucks to maybe 20 bucks who knows more if he plays great in Detroit so I'm really pulling for him to do well but he's someone you can go out and grab he's got an interesting Thanksgiving Day matchup against the Bears at home uh, Wilkins with the Colts is a difficult situation you got Wilkins who's coming back from an injury if he was 100% healthy I would say he is going to at least get 50% of the touches um, and then you get Naheem Hines he, you know he's safe. He's going to get the third down work. What did he do last week? He got 16 points. Did get a rushing touchdown. You'll take that, dude, at this point in the season. I'll take that with any of my running backs, especially last week when both of mine combined for nine. Uh, so Hines is pretty respectable. And then you got Williams, who uh, rushed for 100 yards last week. Got 20 points fantasy-wise, Jonathan Williams. He might be the one who gets the most carries, but he's not much of a receiving back. So in a game against the Texans, if the Texans get the offense going, Williams, you know, the Colts, if you've been watching them, they're up and down, but if they get a lead or if they're close in the game, they rely on the run. They have a really good offensive line. If they fall behind, that's what it might be. If Wilkins plays more on him and Naheem Hines, it could be a a three-way split. So it's a tougher situation to choose who to get, but... You can grab any of the running backs, and if Wilkins doesn't play, it's even better for Hines and Williams. If Wilkins comes back. You might, It's a situation like the Lions w- was before Scarborough. We'll see if Scarborough goes out. He's got a pretty good matchup against the Redskins. Jalen Samuels, I had him. He was great one week, 19 points, terrible the next, and I cut him. Don't regret cutting him. I am not putting a claim in for him. So whoever gets him, congratulations. He could do well if Connors is out. But now you also have uh, – who's the other one coming back? The other running back. I can't remember his name. you got Jalen Samuels and then – ah, his name escapes me right now. But he's someone who can also uh, do well. But he's got a good matchup against the Bengals in Cincinnati. So they're not very well at stopping the run. I think they're – right here they have him ranked 28th. And then you got other ones like Burkhead, Booker. Guy Logan from the I mean these guys who who are not really going to do much yeah so I mean Gio Bernard it, Pollard I mean there's the the running backs we mentioned will be the ones who might get picked up Steelers Colts and Lions those are the best possibilities receivers eh I don't think there's anybody anyone's going to rush out and get Zach Pasquale is expected to get 14 points by ESPN I had him and he had that 24 point performance and looked good then he went against Miami and Jacksonville combined for four catches. Terrible. He's, his last two game points combined are less than 10. So get him. Play him at your own risk. He could be a great play with percent you know, Jacoby percent involved. Last week was a big run attack because it worked. So maybe this week if the Texans stop the run, it'll be a big pass attack. And whoever gets Pasquale will have a nice game. Will Fuller, Johnson from the Steelers. Conley from the Jags. I mean, there's there's options, but those are a lot of the options that we mentioned. Other than maybe Pasqual, he'd be the best. Grant, who does special teams. Grant had a great game last week, 37 points. The receiving game only had six, but everything else was special teams. So we know he's a big, big um, boom, giant uh, bust player. He has potential for both. But yeah, tight ends. There are several tight ends pretty good. If you go up and down that list, there's some good tight ends. Defensive players are solid defensive players. And I wonder if anyone's going to grab a defense. If you look at some of them, the Browns at home against Miami, they could be a really good play this week. Although with Miles Garrett out, are they going to be hurting at the pass rush and the sacks? Um, Most of the other defenses, I don't know what to expect with. Excuse me. Oh, my goodness. So that is it for the waiver wire. I have no clue who's going to grab anyone because I've thought in the past, oh, this guy's definitely needs a running back. He's got a guy in a and another guy hurt, and then they do nothing. So uh, I can't predict who's going to get picked up, who's not. Let me see. No trade deadline this week. Nothing else in NFL news to report other than slight injuries here and there. So there's not much to talk about. I'm not going to cover um, the playoffs. We talked about that a lot last night, and the one thing that we've done every year, and I just want to make it clear now so that no one goes, hey, what's going on, what happened? Happened last year, or I'm I'm trying to – maybe it didn't. Some years it doesn't happen. Some it does. Um, But basically it goes like this. First round is always – the third division winner is always the three seed for the opening round. They will play the lowest remaining seed, the six seed. Four and five go heads up against each other. One and two get a bye. After that, the one seed will then play, the, not the lowest seed, but the team with the worst record. I have adjusted seedings before where, like, if you looked at the playoffs right now, if it started today, which it obviously doesn't with two weeks, there's plenty left. You have in the first round, you have uh, Brian, the three seed against the six seed, Danny Rodriguez, smoking crew. Dino Dan, smoking crew against Brian. Five and six, Dino Dan's six and five. He has a better record, but Brian won his division. He is the three seed, Dino Dan is the six seed. You have Jose in Paradise at six and five against Austin. Run CMC. Austin Koo is seven and four. Let's say hypothetically, Austin wins and Brian wins. Okay, so Brian, Austin, Green. I had to say that every time their two names are combined near each other, I have to say that. I mean, they were back to back in the draft one year, I think last year or two years ago. Uh, So they both made the playoff. Anytime I talk about them, um, it's just funny. They played each other in the championship two years ago. So and every time, that's the first thing I think of is 90210, Brian Austin Green. Um, So anyways, back to the subject, as I always get off. Um, If Brian had won and Austin had won, you would say, okay, the four seed would play the one seed while the two would play the three, right? Because the lower seed would go up. But we've never done that. I believe the NFL even flips it like that as well. Uh, I can't remember what other sport does it, if it's, if it's basketball or football. I know football does where, just like the Seahawks, when they were a division winner, so they got a home game. After that, they won, they won that and beat the Saints. They won on the road. They were the lowest seeds based on wins. So Brian would not play, play me because he's a three seed. He's the lower record. He's five and six. We've always played in our league every year where the top seed gets a bye. And then the second round, he will play the lowest remaining, the worst record. We had that one year where Jose, uh, the second his first year in the league where he made it to the second round on the, the website, on our page, it had him playing a different person. Um, I think it was possibly Elijah, the second seed even though Jose had the worst record so he should have been playing Matt I had to adjust it Matt played Jose Matt won Elijah lost in the second round and Matt went on to win the championship but that's how it's always been so I don't want anyone to, I don't want Jacob to say hey wait a minute um we always make the number 1 seed play the lowest remaining seed after the bye week or not seed the lowest the worst record because honestly I don't think that that ha- you know it's you don't want to have to have Brian or Jacob who is the number 1 seed and been dealing with the second basically the second or third place team and right with them in scoring his his reward for winning the top seed is a bye and then the rights to play the the worst team each round entering from then on obviously the championship he can't control but the second round so why would you say oh congratulations you get a bye and your prize after the bye is the team with the third best record seven and four even though it's the four seed because he shares the same division as uh jacob so he can't be the three seed we've always done it this way i know brian and jacob one year we talked about maybe changing it um because the year jacob made the finals i remember uh, brian i had the second best record in the league me and brian, uh, jacob finished tie but he had scored more points by one over me so i had to play brian was the three seed and i had to play him in the first round, he's like, wait a minute. You should be the second seed and getting the bye as opposed to playing me in the first round. He didn't like that. We had talked about it earlier in the draft, but it did, nothing had ever been written in stone. We had never made it official. We just thought, you know, we've never done it that way. And a lot of people have said, hey, how about it just go straight up? Best record gets the one seed. Second best record gets the two seed. The problem with that has always been sometimes the divisions can make a difference. Uh, you you could have two really good teams in one division and two of the worst teams in the entire league in that division, and both of you beat up on them. And now you each get uh, four wins out of the season on it. So now you say, oh, well, you know, we're we're the top two teams in the league as opposed to the other division that might have four really good teams. Not great, but four really good teams. You come out of that division after fighting and struggling and struggling to, to, to just win it and get a top three seed. And now your reward is, no, 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 you're a fifth seed because technically you're not better than the, the second-place team in this division. So I've never liked it that way. We've always done it this way for nine seasons. Uh, and I just put it as a, a thought because I was going over the playoffs. If it happened, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, I have to sometimes edit it. And, I mean, it might not even happen. You could see it where right now you could have uh, Austin win and Dino Dan win. Well, then Dino Dan, I would play Austin anyways, and Dino Dan would go take on – And that's because of the win loss, regardless of the seeds. Six and five against seven and four, Jacob's going to automatically get the six and five team. So, and we still have, Brian can win his last two games and get to seven and six, and we can have either Dino Dan or Jose. Who knows? But it's just basically, it always has been that way. First seed gets a bye, then in the second round, he plays the lowest team with the worst record that is still in the playoffs. So we got that settled. Let's go over the scoreboard. We already covered two games last night. Thank goodness. I'm going to try to get this quick. I'm going to go quicker than I normally do as long as I don't get distracted or get off topic on something too long. So we did Brian beating Matt. How big that was. The other game we did Dino Dan beating Christian. So tonight we will start with Jacob against Elijah. I will touch on this quick because like I said, Jacob doesn't want to hear his team losing. If he listens, I know he's listened in the past and Elijah doesn't listen at all. Elijah won simply because for the third week in a row, his team has been hot uh, let me let me run a quick look at elijah's schedule and see how well he is scoring um, there he is, and so Elijah at one point he had lost he started two and two he was one and two in division play started two and two, then went to two and three, two and four two and five two and six, so he had lost. Four straight games after getting to two and two to open the season and some of them were tough I mean look at he scored 125 114 122 95 so his team was just atrocious now you got to remember David Johnson got hurt then when he came back he literally came in for one carry or three plays and was done the rest of the game Mixon and the Bengals have not been at least Mixon has not been an RB2. At best, that might have been doable. It's not even been that. Elijah has run into some terrible luck. He does have a 200-point game. Week three, one of Austin's few losses, 186-201. Uh, to 201. How bad does that sting? Uh, but if you look at Elijah's losses, yeah, 131-123. He's not a very top-scoring team until you get to his three-game winning streak. Now, 152. He scored 152 against Eric, and that was after Eric had just scored 200. So that you got to chalk up to Eric having a bad week. 77. He, the guy was averaging, I think, about 140 points per game. So he almost got half of what he averaged. Elijah still scored 152. So you can't, like I said, if you get over 140, most of the time you might get a, you should get a win. Maybe 60% of the time you get over 150, you're you're probably uh, 70% of the time going to get a win. So he won 152. Good game. Then he beats Steve, 138, not that high, but it's almost 140, pretty good. And then last week, he beats Jacob, the number one team in our league, only Jacob's second loss all season, 182 to 140. So most weeks, Jacob's beating Elijah, but this is the week as Elijah's gotten hot, two of the last three weeks, really hot with 152 and a 182. So why is he getting hot? Let's look at his team. What is his, What Who's scoring on his team? Well, Jameis Winston has been consistent for him all season, even in the turnover battle. He's a top-six quarterback, averaging 26 per game. Mixon had 16, so you'll take that. He was back in Oakland, his hometown, had 75 people there, had to get 75 tickets. But he had a pretty big game, 80-yard-plus and a touchdown, 16 points. Keenan Allen, welcome back. Remember, Keenan Allen, the first three weeks, was one of the best in football Back to back weeks, he's had 16 and a half against Oakland and 21 against KC. Now, that's not week three against Houston when he had 48, but that's also way better than week five against Denver for five. So he's actually becoming a wide receiver too with those numbers. He's still a top 10 on the season. Devontae Parker. In the fantasy world, they've been talking about Parker, how good he's been doing this season, especially since week four against the Chargers, 17 points. Washington, a touchdown, 11 points. Against Buffalo, 16, a touchdown. Three straight weeks, he had a touchdown. Then 11, then 15 against the Jets. Then 11 against the Colts. Then 25 against Buffalo, a season high. And he's got at Cleveland, Philly, which will be a good one week 13. So Elijah keeps playing Parker. He is slowly on the rise and should definitely be someone that could be considered a wide receiver too. With Keenan Allen and Parker and Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones, he's got to be top 20. Yeah, he's ranked 14th. Now, Jones' numbers have been pretty consistent, 9, 10, then 10, and he had 27 against Philly. Like I said, the Eagles, they love to give up the pass. Only three against Green Bay, but then 43, 31, 12, and 20 with, what is it, seven touchdowns in a five-week span. So he's getting hot. He's got Washington up next. Uh, so even with the quarterback change, he still put up 20. But you got to give it to the reason Elijah's winning is because he's got Jones, Parker, and Allen being probably high-end wide receiver twos. That's usually top 24. You get three receivers who are top 24, consistent numbers of double digits around 15 points or more. With a quarterback like Winston, you're going to win uh, most games because not everyone can get that. I know we all got... Every team has a Tyreek Hill. Every team has an elite threat. But do you? I would rather have three receivers like last year when I had Cooper and Woods just in those two in my receiver slot. Uh, both of them... Um, finishing the season as top 12 receivers. Now, they none of them were ever number one, but they were still, I would rather have like that. I'd rather you give me a, t- a number 10 and 12 who can consistently get me around 15 to 20 points a game. I'd rather have that than a receiver like, let's say Mike Evans, who I still love and I would take in a second. But if, if you have a solid core with your quarterback, a pretty top tight end, or if you don't have the top tight end, a real good running back and maybe a, a, a RB2, I would. You want some position where you have consistency, and that's what Elijah has the last three weeks. His three receivers have been consistent. They're averaging probably about 70 points a game, which is really making it good because then you pop in Winston, and that's 100. Through those four, he's got 100. So now he just needs another five guys to break about 50 for him, and he'll get that 150-point threshold. This week he had Hicks go for 35. As I told, continue to talk about Hicks week in and week out. I regret dropping him. I'm hoping, knocking on wood, Fred Warner continues to play great with the Niners. But if not, I'll end up regretting it later in the season. I already have because Hicks has been so good. I'm so disappointed I dropped him. But he's played great for Elijah. Jacobs team. Kamara, welcome back. This is the Kamara that Jacobs has been waiting for. Cook, 16. You'd like to see a little more at home. He usually plays really well at home. He's still one of the top two running backs in our league. Marquise Brown had a disappointing week against Houston in a a week that if you showed me the score – 41-7. to I would have thought Brown had two touchdowns and 100 yards easily. Debo Samuel, great game, 26 points. So he still broke 140, and we said like 40% of the time you're going to win when you do that. Tough loss for Jacob. He's still the top seed right now, tie with another team in Austin on his heels. But he is the number two scoring team, but he's outscoring the, the team he's tied with, my team, by well over 130 or so, 120, somewhere in that range. So he's just got to maintain, continue to do what he's doing. 140, 150, and he will be looking at a top seed, hoping that uh, he does not lose to Austin because that will really open things up the last week of the season. So big win for Elijah to save his season. He still has a chance to get in the playoffs with five victories. So big upset. I didn't see it coming. Uh, I thought this was one where Jacob would win, and if had Austin lost... Jacob would have clinched the division. And he'd be one game away from clinching the league for his second time in three years, being the regular season champ. It did not work out that way as Elijah salvages his season and wins three games in a row now. We talked about Dino Dan's big victory. Let's talk about our next game, Steve against Eric. This was one just like when Eric had 77. His team just, I mean, what's he gonna do? I'm surprised he even got 17 from Kyle Allen. But he had Aaron Rodgers on a bye week. This is uh Jordan Howard hurt Stafford. He picked up Stafford's hurt. So, you know, you got the Niners D he's expecting probably in this game where he's been the better team. He's been better than Steve, even though they have a tie record at this point uh, points per game. He's probably about 12 to 15 points more per game than Steve. Uh, he's, he had a better record early on and continued. And this is one of those games where you look at it and go, man, you should have let should have won this. Like I said, if you'd have told me he was a score 129, I would have thought Eric was going to win for sure. Especially with Kyle Allen against Atlanta. He threw four picks. And it's not just okay, four picks. At give, give Eric the four points back. He's still at 89. If you had seen some of the picks, uh, they were drive killers. Two of them, uh, I believe, were I remember one for sure, and I thought the second one or the third one was near the end zone as well. One was in the end zone. Those could have easily been touchdowns if he had just been a little more accurate. Those are touchdowns in the end zone. So not only is it forget the minus one, it's a possible eight to twelve points more. So it starts there. Now, seeing how it is now, of course, that would have at least put him near a hundred. But at the time being, when you get that, when you get your quarterback doing absolutely nothing, it's deflating. Eight points for Coleman. At one point, Steve was asking, is he even playing? Yeah, he had 12 carries for 14 yards. Coleman, since his 42-point game, has looked pedestrian. 5, 11, and 8. And it's like he's the kind of guy where you don't want to bench him because he's also had 15, 13, and like I said, the 42-point game. And you're thinking, okay, good game at home. 12 carries. I'll take that. He had three catches for 48 yards. I got to see. Did he have a fumble? No, he had no fumbles. So – with 12 carries and three receptions for 48 yards if you'd have just told me going hey, to get the ball 12 times carrying it and three catches for 48 i would have guessed a 15 to 20 point game you only got eight so that was very disappointing juju smith-schuster injured that killed that really hurt um i mean when you start out a game like that on a, a thursday night week the last thing you want you know maybe if it Monday night to end the game if you're close or to start the game, the worst thing is to have your guy get hurt, especially with two catches, twenty-one yards. It's not like he was having an eighty yard game and he had a touchdown and you you know you missed out on some extra points. This is where you didn't even really get a chance to get it going. Uh, so disappointing there. Yeah, that, that's Allen Robinson. He could not afford on that primetime game to have Allen Robinson, who, you know, came off a fourteen point game last week two weeks ago, I mean, look what he did earlier, 14, 28, 24, he had 22 week one, so this is a guy you rely on to be, you know, your RB2, he's in the top 20, so he is an RB2, averages nearly 14 points a game, you needed that 14 points, you know, you needed Juju to get you that 12 points a game, somewhere in there, that's an extra, you know, as opposed to averaging nine together, they could have got twenty-six. That's, that's a huge difference, and Eric didn't get it. Jack Doyle did absolutely nothing. The Colts actually turned to a lot of running. Um, Doyle is the second tight end in our league. Mine was the other one who we both had two pretty good tight ends with O.J. Howard and Doyle who had no catches. The difference is at least with O.J. Howard, he was responsible for one of Jameis Winston's interceptions. He got a tackle on the play and got one and a half points. So I'll take it. When you win a game like I did by two points – And it could still result in a change where it could be a tie for Nick and I. Um, When you win a game like that, that point-and-a-half tackle off the interception means all in the world to me. So uh, I will not knock O.J. Howard for his point-and-a-half tackle off that interception made a big difference for me. Ronald Jones. What did Ronald Jones do the week before? 20... he did 15 against Seattle in Seattle. That was a big game. Arizona, we know he's going to run on. He also kept, caught some balls on. 21 points. He can bind for 36 points the last two weeks. I know it's the Saints, but it's in Tampa. Four carries for 13 yards is not getting it done. So you can afford to have a guy get a zero. You can afford to have a guy like Juju get hurt. But then you need Allen Robinson. You need Coleman. You need Jones to all step up. We've all had that. I mean, look at Steve. He had a zero for Robert Woods. He had a zero for Khalil Mack. Both guys on the the Sunday night game did nothing for him. Um, Single digits by McDonald and Williams and Mostart. He had one, two, three, three guys in single digits and two zeros. He still won. Eric had one, two, three, four, five, six guys in single digits with one zero. He didn't because his highest scoring was the Niners' D at 28. But the difference is, let's say Steve's defense did nothing. They didn't. The Saints went for 36. So even Eric's best thing got topped. And then Jimmy G uh, over doubled up Keenan Allen. And that's the difference in the game. You know, Steve's team, other than the quarterback and defense, his team was almost identical to Eric's. Very pedestrian. He had two zeros while Eric had one. This is a game where Eric's probably going, man, I would love to have maybe play Edmonds, but what are you going to do? You can't bench Corey Littleton. He's a top four linebacker averaging nearly 20 points per game. He came off a 30-point performance against Pittsburgh. Chicago – is a run-heavy team. You thought they would run. You thought they'd do the underneath stuff. And Littleton, who's involved from special teams, punt blocks, interceptions, whatever it is, only had three points This is his worst game of the season. This is a guy who's had a 30, 40, 29-point game, and Eric needed him big. Eric could have really used a 30 or 40-point performance to try to match Jimmy G, uh, and that would have been a real big help over Cleo Max Goose Egg. But it just didn't happen. Tough loss for Eric. Like I said, that if he would have won... He would be tied right now with Brian, knowing that he has a game in his hand against Brian the last game. So now Eric is going, I need to win. He needs to beat Matt this week. So Eric's begging for a a victory over Matt, and then he's hoping Steve, who just beat him, can muster up all the luck in the world to beat Brian, because it's going to be a tough task for Steve. Steve, let's look at Steve's schedule as we try to see. Uh, we will do game previews, obviously, not today, but we will throughout the season. But let's look at Steve's team. Scored 106, 138, 130, 133, 102, 127. You're seeing a trend. Not too many big games. His first win, he did break 145. Solid game, like we said. You, if you break 140, you got a good chance. 145. He broke 160. With a big win over Dino Dan, week six, 160. Uh, 184, that was one of the biggest upsets, where he beat Austin, of all teams, week nine. A big win over Austin. Now, Austin only scored 132, but we saw, we just mentioned a lot of Steve's other losses, and he scored under 132. So that was just a big week right there. Lost to Elijah uh, last week, 116 to 138. So, you know, you're thinking 129. So it's possible. Steve could muster up another great week, and he busted 184. He went off for uh, 145, 133, 160. So he's, he's had some games where he can beat Brian going into this matchup. But that's what Eric's going to be doing. Eric's going to be the biggest Steve supporter uh, throughout this season and say, hey, get it done for me. Because if, if Eric can beat Matt and Steve can beat Jacob, Or I apologize to Brian. The last game of the season, um, Eric would be tied with Brian, and he knows it's in my hands. If I can pull out this victory, it's my my division and my first round playoff. So a lot of excitement through that division. We talked about Brian with the big win over Matt. Let's get to the next game. Schobert in Paradise. I know he was Schobert Nerny. Now I'm trying to remember what is Schobert in Paradise. There's Bill and Ted, Excellent Adventure. Uh, is there ever a Bill and Ted in Paradise? I'm missing something. I'm trying to think of um, songs. Phil Collins, doesn't he sing a song? Something in Paradise. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that sounded more like a Chinese song than any other. But I'm trying to think, what is that? You're going to have to text us, Jose. Let me know. Showbert in Paradise. Showbird in Paradise. Is that Green Day? It must be. That's only I think of. Yeah, it's got to be. Maybe you're playing a making a play on Green Day. You got a surfboard guy. Anyways, oh, and one thing about Christian. I keep did I talk about Christians? Christian, if you listen to our podcast, I know you have to some. I keep forgetting. Maybe I did already mention it because I remember I said this before. I think I did last week when I did the team pre, the game previews. Full blown Lazarus. Um, that was something where I, that's how I know you listen to podcast. You've mentioned other things in our group texts and you've told me that you listen. But I remember when I said, if you win again and you had won five straight, you're going to change your team name from full blown Seagulls to full blown Lazarus because you basically raised from back from the dead at 0 and 4 and you did change your name to full blown Lazarus. So Right on. That shows you're listening. But maybe it's time to put it back to full-blown Seagulls. Because I think, I could be wrong, but since you've gone to Lazarus, I think you might be uh, 0-2 since then. So maybe it's bad luck to be Lazarus. Go back to the full-blown Seagulls, flock of Seagulls, and see if you can snap that uh, two-game losing streak. Because your team is too good as long as they're healthy. And that's the big issue. So this was a game we had talked about last week. Uh, how Dino Dan and Jose played each other, heads up. Dino Dan came away with a big victory. Um, Jose's team, uh, he had. The, he didn't play Dak Prescott. He didn't play the Seahawks, and it's all my fault. But he didn't play those guys, and he, he kicked himself in the butt. But I wouldn't have played the Seahawks. Maybe Dak, 50-50. It's hard to bench Russell Wilson after he won you the game the week before. So I get that. Um, but maybe play Dak, but there's no way... Uh, I could have played the Seahawks at San Francisco on primetime. So you can't beat yourself up for that. But that made meant he had a tougher road. I did say he's got three games left, all division games, and he's got to take on the one seed, right, at one point, Jacob, he will, in his division, and he has to take on the three seed, but who's the top-scoring team in our league, with Austin. And so the win over Dino Dan would have gave him breathing room where, hey, all he has to do is beat Elijah – right? Beat Elijah and you'll get to six wins, or beat Elijah and you'll get to seven wins. You got to just, you know, get that six win against Dino Dan, then you you get that win over Elijah, who doesn't mean you will, we just saw Elijah. What did he get break? 180? I think Elijah was either, I mean, that was Dino Dan who broke 180. Yeah, Elijah broke 182. He was 0.3 away from the highest score of the week. So there's no gimme on Elijah. Uh, that's not the point. But you look at the schedule, you look at the scores, you look at the record, and the easiest team he had left was Elijah, who's won three straight, by the way. But that looked, at the time, easier than beating Dino Dan or Austin or Jacob. So he loses to Dino Dan. Tough loss. Big win for Dino Dan to save him. And then Dino Dan follows that up with an even bigger division win over Christian for the 2-0 sweep. And... Uh, Christian been bit by bad luck uh, for the second year in a row as we're coming down the stretch. I'm hoping everything comes out with Tyreek Hill, even though I think they're on the bye week this week. So this is a tough week for Christian. He's going to need to get everything. We'll cover that game in the preview coming up tomorrow's episode. Uh, Definitely want to talk about that game because there's a lot on the line and Christian's team has a bunch of guys on bye. So Jose comes up with the victory over Austin, which was huge because he needed it more than anything, because then he doesn't have to, now he does not have to go in the, I have to beat Jacob. You know, even in a loss, even if he finishes with six wins, is he continues to score 169, 180, 155, anything like that, he's going to try to get at least a six seed and um, continue with six wins. He can still get in the playoffs by being a higher scoring team than the other teams who are seven and lower and who do not have seven wins as there possibly can be. But it takes the pressure off Jose and the fact that he beat an elite team with a 169 and 116. No way did I think Mahomes – when I looked at this, I honestly forgot it was in Mexico City. I kept thinking it was in LA. I thought Mahomes would light them up. Now, I think that stadium was crap and people were getting hurt left and right. Was it the, the stadium's fault? Possibly. Uh, not sure. But Dak Prescott came out and just blew the doors off the – off the car. I mean, I didn't think he'd go for 45. But look at him. Third, 24 three weeks ago. 35 last week and 45 this week. So you know against New England, he's going for 55, right? Yeah, right. That would be awesome. I can't see that happening, but I would love that so much. But Dak Prescott is the number two quarterback in our league. The number one quarterback in our league is, Lamar, uh, I believe, is Lamar Jackson. And number three, yeah. So it goes Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson. So Jose has two of the top three quarterbacks. That is such a good dilemma to have. I know at times, Jose, and anyone else who's had this issue in the past, you sit there and you think, oh man, when do I play him? When do I. Just go with your gut. And the worst case scenario, you know, your guy, the top guy gets 30 and your other one gets 25. You know, in the end, it's just a little different. You got to play matchup, but you are in such a good situation to have these two quarterbacks. And you have Russell Wilson next year. Under contract, I believe as well. And then you, who knows what you'll do with Dak? Maybe you'll sign Dak to a contract extension, and trade Russell. Who knows? Um, but yeah, forty-five points. That set the stage right there early in the morning. Because when you did that, I know Chubb only had nine points. Still pretty good start on the Thursday night game. Uh, your running backs did not do much. If you look at McCaffrey and Fournette, they outscored you forty-seven to thirteen. to it's almost identical as you outscored him 45-17 to with the quarterback. So you're the three core that I always say, quarterback, two running backs. That core, which can help you win a game, lose a game, whatever, he actually outscored you just by a little bit, but he actually outscored you from that. But you still did enough with, thank God, Dak Prescott really carried you up. Because then you go Edelman, 14, great game. Fitzgerald, good game, 12 points. Kelsey, 22. I mean, you survived Tyler Boyd. So you had nine for Chubb. Like I said, not bad. Frank Gore, four, and Tyler Boyd, two. Three guys in single digits. We talked about that with Eric's game where you can can get a guy. Like if Boyd had zero, does it make a difference? You're still at 167. So Boyd does nothing. Gore does nothing. Chubb has a pretty respectable game. But because you had Fitzgerald and Edelman, that's what I said. Get a core of something. You The biggest reason you did that was able to get by with this is showbert showbert in paradise got you 47 points and you do Dak Prescott 45. That should be it, man. Unless unless Austin had Darius Leonard who last week had 40 plus points. If he responded by, with that and he didn't have Tyreek Hill go down and Sanu go down. Because, I mean, look, look at his bench. He's got Cobb on his bench with 26. He's got Sam Darnold with 29. He could have played him instead. But there's no way you're going to bench Mahomes. Um, he could have still had a, a respectable game but I, you know, the good news is no matter who he played Jose you're going to win if he, if he put Cobb in there you're not going to bench Leonard Gallaty didn't play well but a giant win for Jose and this is what I'm loving is as you look at Jose who got Nick Chubb only had nine points but we know Carson was on a bye and Freeman was hurt well now Carson's coming back so he's got Carson who is what is Carson? he's an RB2 at least Yeah, he's top 10, so he's an RB1. He is a top 12 running back right now in the league. 17 points a game, and you put that with Chubb, who can be super dangerous, with Prescott. Your three receivers with Boyd, Edelman, Fitzgerald. You also got Alshon Jeffrey. I like Slayton from the Giants. Um, We'll see. I think Slayton does better as long as uh, Shepard's out with Shepard back. We'll see if Slayton's still... Uh, Daniel Jones might rely on him still, but this is kind of a new core we've seen from Jose's team and they look scary. They look really good. Jose is, is not a team that I would, I put it like this three weeks ago, I would have said, I feel like the title can go to any of the top three teams. I wouldn't be shocked. Even the fourth, even Brian, we've already covered the history. I'm not going to break it down with Brian and Eric in that whole division how they've they've given up so much, but Brian's team, I think has given up the most in the league, if not one point away from the second most. He has been snake bitten so much from such a very good roster, and if Brian goes on to win the title, I would not be shocked, but with you know three weeks ago to a month ago, anyone could have anyone who gets in the playoffs still can Dino Dan could have Jose could have. I liked Jose's three receivers with Lockett, Edelman, and Boyd. Boyd looks like he's not doing as well now because maybe the quarterback change with Dalton has hurt him. A.J. Green is not back. I think if A.J. Green is back and draws a bigger coverage, it opens it up more for Boyd like it did last year. And I think Boyd and uh, Lockett would have been more dangerous. But Boyd is taking a step back. But he has improved. Getting Kelsey, getting Nick Chubb to go with Carson. And now you got into uh Devonta Freeman, if he can get back to being healthy, uh, you have at least a solid running back on your bench. If anything should happen to Chubb or Carson and Prescott or Russell Wilson, that is a team. That now I look at Jose's team and I say, I would not be shocked if Jose wins the title. I wouldn't. I'm, I'm being 100% honest. If Jose goes on to win this title, he just – if this was a playoff preview – Austin is going to be in the playoffs. He's already got seven wins, and he's the number one scoring team. Austin, for all intents and purposes, has already clinched the playoff spot. So if this was a first-round matchup, would I be shocked? Now, you take in the fact that Hill got hurt, so Mahomes, that, that affects Mahomes. Um, Cooper Cup did not play a great game again. Sanu got hurt. Galladay without Stafford. So all those things come into consideration. But still, let's say he had played Randall Cobb. Let's say he had started Sam Darnold over Mahomes and Randall Cobb over Galladay. He still ends up losing this game. And Jose would go on. And that's the craziness and that's the fun part is um, why I have always said that, you know what, winning the regular season title and the President's Trophy is harder than the championship. I know the championship is, 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 it's easier for someone who's won it before to say that, but You Think about it. If you make the playoffs, if you can get that bye week, you just got to win one game and you're in the final. Matt's been there uh, three times. Um, Brian's been there multiple times. So, and and, uh, like I said, all it takes is just get that bye. If you don't get the bye, it's a little harder. But then you know, hey, just get in that first round, and now you're in the final four. So you have to still win. And it's very hard. It's very hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It's very hard to win a title in a 12 team league in fantasy football where any freaking thing can happen. We've seen the top seeds go down. Um, I've gone down. Uh, let's see. I've made the playoffs seven out of the, or no, eight out of the nine seasons. This will be the eighth. I've made, so not counting this season, I've made playoffs every year but once. And three times I've been down in the first round so it's it's either first round or I'm done for me in the playoffs and uh so it's it is tough remember the the one playoff I was the second best record but I was in the division with Elijah so I didn't get the two seed or the bye I had to play in the first round and I played Dino Dan you know who had beat me that season um two times in the regular season he was the lowest scoring seed. Uh, still, something you, you should make a T-shirt of that, Dino Dan. That should be your slogan because that's the most one of the most impressive stats I've ever seen. But you were ten out of ten in scoring, dead last, and you made the playoffs and you beat me. You beat me, and I had a solid team with Drew Brees, Gronk, uh, Jimmy Graham, all in the Saints, all in their prime, and you beat me. Or I had Aaron Rodgers. I was playing Aaron Rodgers in one of his MVP years, and he had a forty-point game in that playoff game, and you beat me by less than two points. And But it doesn't matter. You won. That whole great season I had, it, like I said, it's so hard to get to get there. And when you get there, you can lose it like that. And it doesn't matter because the season does start over. If Jacob loses and Jacob uh, made the final. remember, he was the number one seed two years ago, had the President's Trophy, had the regular season title. He was the scariest team in the playoffs. And he lost in the second round after the bye to, uh, I believe, I want to say Austin. And that was the year Austin played Brian, and Austin won in the final. And he won because of Todd Gurley, because of a trade he had made right at the deadline, acquiring Todd Gurley. Those big trades like that come back to really help. And that's why when I look at Jose's team and I see Nick Chubb, look at his matchup. Let's see. Week 14, Jose will play, in that's a first-round game. He will play in the first round, Jose, if he makes the playoffs. He will not have a bye. That is a huge game for Nick Chubb against at home against the Bengals. They get a lead. It's going to be Hunt a little bit and Chubb a lot because Chubb is the clock grinder. And unless something happens, Chubb can easily come out with a 25-point game there. Week 15 at Arizona. Arizona cannot stop the run. And week 16 at home against Baltimore. Chubb had a big game last time he played the Ravens in Baltimore. That was the last time I think the Ravens lost. So as you look at that, you go, holy cow. cow. He just got a running back that is going to have three incredible, juicy matchups. Then you take up, let's look at Chris Carson. Week 14 at the LA Rams. You can run on the Rams. Their defense has gotten better since Ramsey. Week 15, so Jose gets out of that first round. If he does, he's got Brown against the Cardinals and Carson at Carolina. Carolina is one of the worst run defenses in football. And week 16, he's at home against Arizona. I mean, he has two of the top 12 running backs, and they both have two of the best playoff schedules in our league. So, if you told me Jose right now, if you said, Hey, I just came from a month in the future, Jose's going to win this title, I'm not going to go, Oh my gosh, he had to have pulled, he must have just had pure luck, or he had to have had a 200 point game to beat Jacob. And then the, in the finals, he you know, had 110 points, but his opponent, you know, it, it, I totally believe he can win it. I would not be shocked. And like we talked about with Dino Dan's game yesterday, he lost Mac, which hurt, but he picked up Lindsey. He picked up DJ Chark. He has Aaron Jones coming back. He's got Golden Tate in a trade. He's got John Brown. If you told me Dino Dan's team today is probably about – remember at the beginning of the season, I gave him like a B-plus grade maybe because of his bench was so good. He didn't have any – other than Galladay maybe, he didn't have any Ezekiel Elliotts. He didn't have any um, – Todd Gurley, superstars, big names. He had Galladay and then some really solid players. Maybe Keekley was a solid or a superstar. That was it. But he had a lot of them, a lot of good guys. And he kind of treaded the water, got a few wins here and there, um, lost a few games and got on a couple winning streaks, and then made some trades. Mack turned out to be a superstar, but he broke his hand. But he made a trade for Lindsey, who is above-average running back. He made a great trade to get Sutton and DJ Chark. And... And make up some good free agent moves, such as Aaron Jones, Buda Baker. I think he drafted Aaron Jones. But man, if if you told me Dino Dan gets to the playoffs and wins, I would not be shocked at all. So this went from a possible three- to four-team race three weeks ago to now a six-team still, with the possibility of teams such as Steve, Eric, and Matt all sneaking in the playoffs. Elijah, who's won three straight, sneaking in the playoffs. I don't know who's going to win the title. The only team I know will not win the title is you, Nick. Sorry, Nick. Nothing personal. But yeah, you, are, you cannot make the playoffs now. But Nick is the only team, if you told me anyone, if you said, now if you said Eric or Steve or Matt, that would be the only three teams where I'd go, oh, wow, they had to have pulled a, a crazy run because they're going to have, whoever it is, Eric's going to have to win his last two. If it's Steve who gets by, he's going to have to win his last two. And if it's Matt, he's going to have to win his last two. Um, and so just to get in would be, if if anyone besides Brian get in the playoffs in that division, if anyone can leapfrog Brian, that is an incredible move and that is an incredible run to even make the playoffs. But if they go on that, that would be one of the greatest runs I think in our league. We've had teams go and win seven straight to end the season, and that's with the playoffs included, you know. And so we've had good runs to the title, but it started earlier. Um, Steve Bro- Steve Matt and Jacob, or I'm sorry, Steve Matt and Eric have all been treading water here, get a big win, then lose and get a big win. Eric's had some tough losses. Uh, Matt's had some really tough losses as well um, because they've had higher scoring games. Um, But if any of those teams can sneak into the playoffs and actually go on to win it, they would be ones where I'd scratch my head and say, wow, I'm not shocked they won because they they have good players, but I'm shocked how they got there. That would be the big thing. But other than that, everyone else from Elijah up. Um, I would not be shocked to win the title because of the roster moves, because of the trades that had gone down. Um, Yeah, I'm saying a lot of teams made themselves better. Brian made himself better. We'll see now if Beckham goes off. I'm I'm gambling. I made the trade mostly for Beckham and because I wanted that first-round pick in two years. And uh, I I think with or without Zeke, uh, my title hopes are not on Zeke. Um, Like last season, I think getting Zeke is what – gave my team that run with Zeke and Barkley to the top three running backs. But with this season, none of them are top, top three. Um, Zeke's still a top five, I would say, but I was like, you know what? I made that trade regardless. Um, but yeah, that was a big move for Brian. That really helped Brian's team because now he get he gets an elite top five running back to go with his team as he makes a push. So a lot of teams, rosters have changed since maybe a week before the deadline and on so, and then let me see how much time. I think we're almost done. I got to finish it. Yes, we are at 53 minutes, so we are done. I will talk about my game. Uh, me and Nick, we know we were super close. Carr had a solid game. Lamar Jackson, great game. He could have probably went for 45 or more. But once again, the the opponents of the Ravens let me down. I'm hoping the Rams can do something um, this following week. I'm playing the Ravens D because I'm, I'm thinking Goff might struggle at times. And I'm playing Lamar Jackson. Because uh, Kyler Murray's on a bye week, and I'm not going to go stream someone over the number one quarterback in our league right now. But Brian Hill and Sanders, Sanders did not do anything. I thought New England's run defense, who had struggled two weeks in a row, would at least give up something. Sanders did have double-digit carries, which is nice, but he didn't do anything. So I'm I'm hoping he plays better down the stretch. I'm not looking. He is not going to be a 20. The Eagles don't use him like that. So I didn't trade for him thinking that. I just think he's a solid enough running back to maybe be a low RB2. That's like maybe a top 20. You know, he if he can go out there and get there 10 to 12 points, I'm happy with that. Um, but Sony Michelle, I, if Damian Williams doesn't get hurt, Nick wins this game. And Dino Dan still has a shot at the division. But four carries for seven yards. He had one catch for six. He finished with one point. If he didn't get hurt, he could have had a touchdown, which would have gave Nick the victory. So I do not celebrate. I celebrate the fact that I can get that d- division in the bye week but I don't celebrate thinking my team was better than Nick this week. On the season it is, but this week Nick's team played well enough to win because I didn't have anyone get injured. It's not like, oh, well, you know what? I lost uh, O.J. Howard at the beginning of the game, so it kind of evened out. No, O.J. Howard did nothing other than that tackle, which proved to be huge, but he didn't do anything. Sanders, Hill, they didn't do anything. Michelle didn't do anything. Williams didn't get a chance. He had four carries and didn't do much with it. But Calvin Ridley, great play by Nick, 33 points. That allowed him to have potential to win. 27 points by the Chiefs defense. Um, The only thing that was really good for me is Lamar Jackson continues to do well. DJ Moore had a great game with 18.5 points. Fred Warner, keep it up, baby. I'm loving you right now. I mean, if you continue to play this well, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if I put a contract on you next year. Um, I'm loving watching you play. I'm enjoying watching the Niners, and I can't wait for this Sunday night to watch the Niners and Packers uh, and watch Fred Warner hopefully tackle Aaron Jones 15 times, which would be great for Dino Dan because we're playing each other. So he if Aaron Jones gets that many carries, even if he's getting tackled by my linebacker, he's going to be gaining a lot of yards. And the Raiders D at the last second – not the last second. The last few days, originally I had had Buffalo Bills. I've Everyone knows I've had them – geez, for how long now? I picked them up a while ago, back October 4th. So well over I'm almost a month and a half. And for these situations against Miami, I knew they had two against the Dolphins. But the last time they played the Dolphins in Buffalo, they held them to, They only got 21 fantasy points, and that's with a kickoff return. So I said, you know what, the Raiders are at home. They kicked the Chargers' butt. I think they can do that to the Bengals, and it saved me because they got 32. Had I played the Bills, I'm nine points short, and I lost to Nick. So thank you, Raiders. Thank you, uh, father-in-law, who came over and I was like, you know what? I want to put a little extra extra action on the game. And I traded Darren Waller, so I needed something to enjoy while I was watching the Raiders. And it was the defense who really took it to him. Bunch of sacks, bunch of turnovers. Um, But that's what basically the only reason I beat Nick this week. Um, So that is it with our podcast. I hope if you put in a claim for your guy and if you're one of the top ones, you know you got him. If you didn't, if you're further back, I hope you got the guy you wanted. A lot of teams, like I said, there's a good seven teams that could win the title and I would not be shocked. I hope you guys got the guys you wanted to help fill those holes, to help give you bonus depth if you suffer an injury. Um, and good luck to everybody with the waiver wire. And I will talk to you guys on Thursday where we will preview some upcoming games. Some, Like I said, every game... Week seven, week four, week six, those games don't matter as much. They all matter, but you can afford to lose those. Look at Elijah. Look at Dino Dan, who was two and four. Look at Christian, who was 0 oh and four. You can lose some of those games, but when you get to that week 10 on, those are big games, almost playoff implications. And you get the last three, that's it, man 11, 12, and 13. That is division week. That is every game is a playoff game, especially in the East. So we will cover all three. Oh, no, there's only two, two for each. We were to cover definitely both division games from the East tomorrow and then maybe one from the West or Central. We'll see how many we cover tomorrow. And we'll talk about some of the guys who got picked up on waiver Wire. So you guys enjoy your Wednesday, enjoy your hump day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, guys.